Hey everybody, welcome to Story Life. This is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. My name is Clinton Cornwell. Uh, I'm one of those filmmakers and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Alan C. Gardner. This is episode 33, which we are recording now. That's right. This intro is happening live. And Clinton, I am invigorated. What about you, old friend? I I am I am uncertain and and and, and scared. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean we are treading into this is you know this is new territory, new new waters here. So I, and your trepidation and your all-consuming fear are um, are just so understandable. I Alan, mean, what are we talking about today? Oh, well we're going to discuss the end of the, so it's November twenty first, two thousand twenty three. So I figured we'd discuss. You know, end of the year plans, especially on the creative front, business front, whatnot, how we're trying to close out the year, as it were. Because I don't know about you, but, like, I'm definitely, I'm like, oh, okay, now it's it's already November 21st. What can I realistically um, finish up by the end of this calendar year? Like, what can I get, where am I trying to get to uh, with my my projects and whatnot? Um, So then I can, you know, having that plan in mind then helps me launch uh, with a little more clarity and precision into the new year into next year so yeah man i figured we kind of like discuss like where we're at you know i think we'll probably do like more of like an end of the year wrap up soon so this is kind of like a pre end of the year wrap up this is like a ramp up for the end of the year if you will <laughs> sure um and then yeah so that's what i thought we'd discuss before we get into that though um do you want to let folks know about our our creative coaching and con- consulting business or I was gonna do, I do it. I was gonna do. I was gonna do it. You didn't have to. I was. I was ready. I was ready for the transition. Oh, dang it! <laughs> no, that sounds like a great topic for for us to get into today. Um, before we do, I just want to remind everybody that uh, we are coaches and consultants. Me and Alan, on top of being filmmakers, we work in artist support, and hopefully, we have a lot of artists listening to this podcast, and we would love to support you. So, uh, we do free 30 minute consultations. We're still new, uh, getting our business started. So we're very flexible with our rates. Uh, we can work with whatever, whatever budget, uh, you've got going. Um, we really just love helping our fellow filmmakers and fellow creatives. Uh, so whether it's with writing, editing, if you need sort of guidance generally in your directing career or some sort of like coaching and motivational stuff, we're here for all of it and we'd like to support you. Just reach out to us at uh, wearestorylife.com. Let's, yeah, let's get into it, man. Um, yeah, we got what? We got a month and nine days left of this of this lovely year. Um, where, where are you projects wise? Where are you at? What are you trying to, what are you trying to get done from this point out from this point on, uh, before the year wraps? How you feeling? Good. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a time jump in the continuity of Alan Clinton's story, uh, for the listeners, because oh, we're all the way into the present, which we haven't done in a while. <laughs> we haven't really updated our lives in the present. We've really been talking, about, talking yeah. about the past, um, in the present, I've moved back to LA. It's been great. It's been amazing. I moved back here in August. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, part of why I've been motivated to move back to LA is I feel like I have a lot of creative momentum coming off of doing 12 months, which is weird to say, say you know, we've documented my ups and downs with, with the reception to 12 months. But but still, all the same, due to that film, I feel like I have creative momentum and, you know, it helps yeah. moving back to LA. And then part of that is 
working on writing this sci-fi feature ever after now and making a proof of concept for short for it which i was working to do it um in december but it was a bit too quick of a timeline so talk to everybody we're pushing it into the second week of january so really the rest of my cool. year is going to be dedicated to three things Finishing the last little bit of deliverables for 12 months. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just getting quotes on E&O insurance right now uh, for that. That's the last thing on the to-do list currently. So hopefully that'll be it. Finishing The Haunted, uh, which is the short film, horror film I shot in 2020 right before the pandemic started. And I'm editing it right now. So I'd like to have it like picture locked uh by the end of the year and lastly uh yeah working on pre-production and development because i still got to work on the script too of the short film version of ever after now and then you know continuing also to work on the feature film of ever after now sweet did i tell you about that project you mentioned it briefly I can't remember if it was like, oh, we can make a note of this real fast, too. The last time we actually hung out and spoke, there were no microphones. It was in person. There was not a microphone turned on. It was just me, Clinton, and our lovely Mike Jimenez uh, hanging out, talking. And that was that was fantastic. I can't remember if you told me about it then. You probably mentioned it then. I, I think um, I mentioned the broad uh, thing of it, but I, but I didn't actually tell you what the project is about. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you didn't say anything about that. But remember, you mentioned the title. Okay, I remember. I remember liking like liking the title. Um. So we definitely previously talked about on, previously, previously on, on Clinton's life. Um, <laughs> I had been developing, um, with a collaborator, a film to a feature film to possibly shoot this fall, and we were going to do. You mean- yeah. This, Wait. Sorry. The, the, you were you were going to shoot it this this current fall? Or yeah. Next? Remember the purple perspective? Okay, yeah. I, ta- I Yes, I, I, picture, I do. Yeah. 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 I do. So we got really far down the line with that, and that was like good enough where we felt we we could go on it. And by we, I mean me and my sort of like actor, producer, writing collaborator uh, named Michael Tennant. Um, we, we were feeling good about that, the state it was in. And so, so we were going to make a short film for it just to sort of like work out the format and hopefully help as like a fundraising tool. Uh, I was going to make that in August and then, you know, kind of like on the way out to LA and, and then on the way to sort of the first rehearsals for that short film. I came up with the idea forever after now. And oh, okay. as soon as I came up with that idea, I could recognize it. I felt it. I was like, this is a better idea and we should pursue it instead, which I didn't want to happen. Oh. Actually, I didn't want that to be the case because we've done a lot of work on the purple perspective and like we could, we could yeah. have presumably shot it. Like we could have presumably been shooting it right now. Um, Interesting. You know, so I didn't want to necessarily, you know, move away from that, but I recognize the strength of this new idea in terms of being high concept, accessible, something to get people excited about. I immediately mm-hmm. felt that. And then I got you. And then 
I was like, I'm going to pitch this to Michael and just see how he reacts to it. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to say it casually and I'm going to bring it to him. I'm just going to be like, hey, man, I just, you know, I just came up with this idea. Let me like pitch it to you. <laughs> so, I, so I give him the pitch and immediately the first thing he says, he's like, wow, we should make that instead. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Uh, Holy shit. So, you know, and this is right after we did a rehearsal for the short film. Uh, that we were going to do a purple, purple perspective. And so I took a couple days to really marinate on it and then, you know, um, talked to Michael a little bit more about it and we just shifted direction. So we canceled the short film for purple perspective, um, which I wow. felt a bit bad about because we had cast another actor for it, but it just didn't feel right to yeah. do. So the past couple months, I've been developing the feature of Ever After Now with my friend Andrew. He's been co-writing with me. And um, then I also came up with short short film version, and Michael was very excited to make that. So we're gonna we're gonna make that. Um, so you and Andrew are writing it, and Michael is acting in it. Yes, and producing and it? producing it, um, and you're directing it. Yes, okay, and is Andrew producing it too, or is he? No, nah, just writing for now, and maybe we'll cool. we'll act in it a bit. Um, I, I will give the broad pitch. Um, basically, Wait, is this Andrew? Is he the actor from several of your short films? Yeah, from Kiss and Tell, and oh, um, he's great. He's a, he's I really a bit like in twelve guy. months. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Um, cool. so the the broad pitch is this is a world where in 1980 uh, a company came up with the technology where two people can sort of sit together in this pod in this like black void and go through this process which will then, a machine will kind of take the information from their process, spit out VHS tapes. And on those VHS tapes are a future version of each of the respective people telling them what the romantic relationship would be like with the person across from them. So Hmm. essentially they get to learn all the lessons of what that relationship is from their future version that's on this VHS tape without having to go through Mm -hmm. the process of being in the relationship and most importantly you know they'll know if this person is if it's meant to be if they're their soulmate if it'll work out with this person yeah so that's in 1980 the story of ever after now which ever after now is the name of the company who runs this process um is now we're in an alternate reality 2025 where sort of a lot of progress stopped in the 1980s And so it's kind of like this hyper version of the 1980s. And for the past like 40 years, nobody like no divorces have occurred and everybody finds their relationships through this ever after now process. Mm -hmm. Um, And the main part of the story is we follow with Dash and Mary who kind of like stumble into each other through the process and they have a bunch of chemistry we're really rooting for them, but then they get their tapes and their future versions tell them that they shouldn't be together and that they're a horrible match. Um, but Dash and Miri decide to have a relationship anyways. Um, and sort of okay. we see these two people going through this relationship knowing what they know about their future versions telling them what would happen. And also we see how the world reacts to these two people choosing to have a relationship together knowing mm-hmm. that it's going to fail. Um, That's cool. 
And so, yeah, it's got a lot of thematic stuff about sort of like, what is the purpose of relationships? What's the value of love? Is it about the process versus what the result will be? Um, Mm -hmm. And also just sort of exploring this sci-fi world that's in some ways a utopia and in some ways it's like frozen in the 80s. Cool. I guess I've got um, some sci-fi ones that I'm working on, too, that are very like I, I love I like, you know, storytellers like us, like, you know, using uh, genre um, to explore certain themes and whatnot, too, because, you know, the ones I'm working on too are very um, character driven and, you know, thematically resonant and emotional. What I've found and what I hope to do differently with Ever After Now is a lot of these these things get kind of hung up on the technology. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, and uh the technology is almost the whole point of the story. Um, yeah. You know, like there's t- Timer, which is a solid movie from like the, the 2000s. I think it's like 2008. You also have um, Kill the DJ, I think is the name of the episode. It's a Black Mirror episode. But um, what interests me about Ever After Now is, too, I want to create sort of this really vibrant, beautiful, like optimistic sci-fi world. And yeah. The other thing is, yeah, that, I like the frozen, frozen in the eighties element too. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is what? The other thing is the technology is the starting place. It's not the point. Yeah, you know. No, totally. And and it's more sort of like the, the introducing this technology as sort of like okay, what would this world be like? And then really diving in and exploring that through the love story of these two characters. Um, so at the end of oh, the day, cool. I hope it's like a it's just like a weird you know, rom-com, which has a bit more the- thematic resonance. Um, yeah. No, I, so, I like it a lot. Yeah. That's, you know, I think that's interesting too. You know, it's, it when you're working in a space, I think sci-fi has this unique problem now that I'm, now that I'm working in it where it's like you pitch a sci-fi concept and it's like, well, there's already that concept out there somewhere. And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's like there's like action movies that are all the same fucking plot, like over and over and there's over also, again. You know, yeah. There's also people that will like. I, I get tired of that too. Like, and I hope you don't think when I, I was no, no, to like, no, oh, no. Like, I, mean, I have my know, own. I like, think yeah, I yeah, think it's sure, in the zeitgeist, sure. and like I think oh, there totally. the world is itching for a story like this to be told, and I think a lot of people are thinking about that. I think just what's exciting is for me, I've cracked it for me. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I feel like for me with my like yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I feel for me too. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the that's one of the, the few that I've been tilling the soil on for because uh, I've got a few right now that I've really been enjoying more. Kind of like again, like whether it's um, a horror or supernatural element or some sort of um, techno- like some sort of you know something to do with science, like some sort of an advancement, some sort of a piece of technology. Or, like, uh, a drug that's in testing. Things like that. Like, I've got a lot of stories where I'm exploring, like, the themes that have always been, um, you know, resonant to me. The things I always think about, like, with these. Like you said, like, the the um, device itself, if you will. Or, like, the, you know, the, um, I don't know what the, the overall, the overarching term would be. But that point of entry, um, the thing that makes it, you know, something genre. Whether it's sci-fi or horror or whatever. Like, like you said, like, isn't the point. It's a means with which to explore um, what is the point. So, yeah, that's how I've been coming out too. And also, I really love like coming up with the rules of something, how something works, um, how world people, building. how yeah, the world building. I, I love all that so much, and it's a fun way of like of having 
both because I, you know, that kind of exploration while also still, you know, exploring like all of my feelings and like, you know, uh, my interior life and the, my, the lives of my loved ones and all the things I'm trying to stay and explore with, with all of that. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really into writing in that realm. I mean, I, I love also writing just very like, you know, super stripped down, super realistic, super grounded in reality without any of that too, but I'm really enjoying, um, writing in that realm right now. So yeah. Well, and, you know, I'm in an interesting place. Like, I think just strategically, like, you got to you gotta do what you're passionate about. But, yes. But at the end of the day, if you're thinking strategically and, and making some strategic maneuverings for t- sort of trying to advance your career and trying to increase the chances of success for your film in the independent space, um you know, which we, you know, we should all should be thinking about in some amount. If you can find ideas that you're passionate about, that are in sci-fi, that are in action, that are in um, even rom-com, that's less so, it, that are in horror, mm-hmm. it just, it makes so much more sense. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it just, you just increase your chances so much. And so... I would yeah. never say people should pursue something that they don't actually aren't passionate about. You have to find uh, your way to be 100%. passionate about those things. Please don't. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but if you can get yourself excited for for that, and it's like you're trying to maybe choose between two ideas or something like that, or two projects to pursue, mm-hmm. do the genre one. Do always <laughs> do purple perspective. Oh, sorry, I had it. Well, yeah, but uh, see, purple perspective was different because I was passionate about it, and I had a collaborator that was passionate about I it. <laughs> But that's why we um, turned away from the purple perspective, honestly, is because purple perspective was more in that you didn't have a defined genre. And like this one, ever after now, it it explores a lot of the stuff that we were exploring with purple perspective, but right, from right, a right. sci-fi element and in yes, a way that gets you. like this. It's been so crazy. Every movie I've ever pitched to anybody, I do the pitch and people are like, Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. You know, but like they don't really get it. There's no enthusiasm. But this idea, everybody I've pitched it to, instantly there's like more interest, more interaction. Everybody's That's engaged, cool. you know, and I think that just speaks to it's much more high concept. Yeah. Well, I've also too, like, you know, over like I love watching so many different kinds of movies. I love watching a lot, like a wide range, whether the kind of movies that we're talking about too, like is whether it's action, thriller, horror, sci fi, what have you, like. The key that for me, it's always like I have to be, as we've talked about, like emotionally engaged and care about the characters. Um, but besides that, when I'm watching something, I sometimes yeah, I want something with an element like that, something like that kind of element of discovery. You know what I mean? Something that like, or some sort of ride that I'm going on while exploring the, all the themes and the emotions coming at me and whatnot. So it only made sense for me too to like to write more to yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it's uh so yeah, if you have a genuine like you said like if you have a genuine passion for these things, like still like my I'm sure we I think I've already <laughs> talked about this on the on the podcast and not to beat this guy up too much, but like, you know, the least inspiring like success story to me, quote unquote success story to me was like um shoot, what was his name? The guy who directed Friday the 13th. Um I know we've talked about this, but apparently, apparently just from what I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he just didn't even like horror films, but he's only like set out to do it because of Halloween and how successful. It I don't was think that's true, like actually, because that. I was watching something recently. I was watching, I think it was like Tourist Trapped or something like that, or Puppet Master, and Sean Cunningham is like credited on that too. So I don't know if that maybe he, it's maybe not he true. just said that. 
Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Either way. But, but yeah, yes. I would say, like, have passion for what it is that you do. Like, you know, write to it, like, the kind of genre, the kind of film, the kind of story that you like to watch as well. And find, like, for me, it's, like, you know, find, like, a personal way into it. Something that's that's resonant for you. A reason to, to do it. Um, reason, reasons to do it, what have you. Um, but yeah, man, that's great. Um, uh, so yeah, was, everything I, is I, I sort didn't realize, of... Yeah, I didn't realize. So it's Purple Perspective. That it sounds like, considering that you're exploring some of what you were going to explore in that film, uh, you're exploring it now with the new film, Ever After Now, is Purple Perspective just officially scrapped or is it backburnered? Or do you know? It's just shelved. It's backburnered for now. You know, I'm still, okay. I think still it's an exciting idea to explore. But again, this one is just way more exciting for everybody involved. Cool. So, uh, That's great. You know, it's a bummer to, there was a lot of work. We put a lot of work into Purple Perspective. Many, many hours. Maybe, you know, yeah. I, I personally maybe put over 100 hours of work into it, you know, so if not more. Um, and so it's a bummer to set that by the wayside, but I think it's all creatively tilling the soil. You know, I think, it is, yeah. I think I don't have this idea forever after now that I'm excited about if I didn't do the work of purple perspectives. So, yeah. um, and, and, uh, yeah, now it's just like, it's exciting for me too. Cause I'm in this, in this space where it's like, I can I gotta, I'm coming back fresh to LA. I kind of have to dig up all new collaborators and um you know that's been its own journey as i kind of reach out to people and try and find recommendations and stuff um because like a lot of the people that i worked with with before um just have left la or have left the business or just aren't really doing it at the level that i require now so um it's an interesting exciting time to work with some new people and kind of develop a new team so um yeah we'll see how that goes we've detailed yeah. the fraught nature of collaboration on this podcast enough oh jesus <laughs> i know so those God. are my goal that's that's what i'm working on the rest of the year uh a bunch of small projects but the biggest time sink will be pre-production of ever after now so okay and you're trying and you're shooting a short the proof of concept in mid-january is that yes right? that's yeah. the plan yeah that's great the really zoomed um, out thing I'd say is like shoot the short by mid, like have it in the can mid January or, you know, have it all in the can in January and then come like June or July, have a first draft of the script, have a pitch deck for the feature, have the short completed. And so it's just kind of um, Michael's going to work on another movie. But when he gets off of that movie, have it all ready to go to get out into the world. Sweet. So, yeah. That's great, man. What's the, uh, if you don't mind me asking, so, because we talked about, again, like when we were hanging out a couple weeks ago, we talked about e insurance. What kind of quotes are you getting on that bullshit? <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's been interesting. No uh, offense to all the E&O folks out there. I'm, no, from, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a fan say, of you know uh, or any insurances. It's not personal to those people. I just think it's kind of a scam as far as the business goes. But, um, so I've gotten two quotes so far. Let me let me pull them up real quick, actually. Okay. Give you the exact numbers. I am curious. The quote is $2,700. This is okay. for six years on um, wow, for so 12 months. months. So $2,700. And the other one is for, where is it? 
$3,400. And I'm still messaging how, with them. Uh, same for thing for six, same term, six years. Six years? Yeah, 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 because that's yeah. the term of my distribution deal. Um, okay. So these numbers are lower than I what, what I heard they would be. Um, I think yeah. part of it is yeah. because... One twelve months is very is a, is a pretty low budget film, so the risk is pretty low to them. You know, where I'm not, right. I'm not expecting it to generate a ton of money, and also it's only a six year term. A lot of distribution deals are longer than that, like, so like ten years or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that's I think it's those two things um, is why those are lower. Um, and the the one that was the twenty seven hundred dollar, I was like trying to email with him and be like, "Hey, could you know, could I make the deductible higher, or is there anything I could do to make it cheaper?" And he's like, "Honestly, this is this is about the cheapest cheapest mm-hmm. we offer this kind of insurance like ever at all." So, um, right, whatever, whatever. I think what that really is meaning is that. <laughs> I have to get you know insurance regardless, but I think what what that really means is like, you know, if they're doing the quote unquote insurance math, they should be insurance insuring twelve months for even less than that. Um, but it's probably just not <laughs> yes, even sure. worth it for them to initiate a, right. a policy right. at, at less than that number. So um, fair enough. Yeah, uh, okay. you know, it's like, do you, have you ever tried to get like equipment insurance or whatever, or general liability insurance? And it's like, oh yeah, I just need it for one day. And they're like, well, yep. we don't do it for less than a week, and a week is five hundred bucks. Yeah. And it's like, but I yeah, only need yeah, it for one yeah. day. And they're like, sorry, it's not really yeah. worth it for us to do less than that. And I'm like, fuck. So yeah. I think it's that kind of situation, yeah. if I'm being honest. So yeah, I gotcha. But I wish I had known because, okay. like, I talked to my, I talked to. Uh, my contact at the at the at my distributor, and there, you know, at, he was like, "Oh yeah, at the time, you could have negotiated out of you know insurance being a requirement." And so, I'm like, well, you told me that the original guy, your point guy, or whatever, like, did say it was not a requirement, and then the new person that you're in contact with said it was. Yeah. Right? See, well, it's it's complicated because like. I signed the contract. I didn't know it was a negotiating point. I had just always heard it was required always, you know. And mm-hmm. then then I met, then I was talking to my contact at the distribution company later and he's like, "Hey, if you don't if you don't if you're not worried about the risk, uh unless we strike a deal with a big company, you don't need to, you know. So wait to get it until we do that." I was like, "Okay, great." Uh and then now what I'm delivering, granted I'm late, but between the time when I was originally supposed to deliver and now, I guess they made a company policy that every film has to have it. And it's already in my contract, so I, I don't really have a leg to stand on. Gotcha. So Fair enough. But I just, okay. you know, I think we talked over this a little bit. I mean, I think this generally goes to, there's just so much fear-mongering in indie oh film. And when yeah. it, especially when it comes to risk and, like, litigation. You know, if you're a giant company with huge budgets like yeah it makes sense probably to just insure everything against worst case scenarios and stuff but when you're a tiny indie filmmaker the risk of these bad things happening is so infinitesimally small that yeah people tell you you gotta have this you gotta have this you have to have all this paperwork perfect you have to have all the insurances perfect you have to all you can't and then all of a sudden you're going out to try and make your feature film that you wanted to shoot something with like a three-person crew and you're feeling overwhelmed and like melting down by everything that everybody's saying about all the things you have to have and 
like I'm not giving anybody legal advice. Like they're, obviously there there's risks in walking out the door. You could get struck by a lightning bolt. There's risks in making films without you know proper insurance coverages. Yes, but for me, I just feel like a lot of the risks that people saying, "Oh, you have to have this thing. You'd be crazy not to." It's like, well. If it's stopping me from making the film, I'd just rather get out and make the film. Yeah. So, and I'm kind of I'm finding that to be the case with the with this whole you know thing as well. So, the fear mongering is real for sure. Well, um, and it's tough. I, you know, I try and be a source on that because you can't Google this shit. Like, you can't find this on the internet. Every yeah. like, I think lawyers or like the general lawyer industry does a great job of like hacking search, search engines so that their responses come up first. Um, hmm. You know, if you ever search for any sort of legal thing about filmmaking, almost all the answers up top will be from law firms. And the thing mm-hmm. is, what are law firms interested in you doing? They're interested in you hiring lawyers. They're Making not interested in you. Little, oh. they're, they're not interested in giving you good legal <laughs> advice for free. They're interested in you purchasing the services of lawyers. So they're going to tell you answers that make you do that. Anyways. Right. I got you. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, but I just feel like any legal question I type about about uh, filmmaking, it's always a, a, an answer from a law firm at the top. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. And no, man, it is. And I think it's good that you, yeah, like you said, you try to be like a, a resource for that. And, or, um, cause it's, yeah, I mean, that's something I obviously clocked like very early on, like, you know, 24 years ago when I moved out to LA, just that fear monging. And then the bigger umbrella is just like people trying to convince you that you need what they're selling. I mean, that goes, you know, you telescope out way more than that. That's, you know, that's a lot of industries and whatnot, of course. But, um, I think in our industry, it can be particularly, uh, People can be particularly susceptible to it at times, um, especially when it comes to legalities and all that stuff. Because yeah, no one wants to get sued, no one wants to get in any kind of like trouble based on this, that, or the other. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, like if your budget is only you know whatever um, X amount, and someone's trying to get you to spend three times X on just like you know essentially covering your ass for things that you probably don't need to worry about, then. Uh, yeah, it can be a problem. And again, like, you know, not, I was going through this with um, a good friend of mine and, and, uh, and collaborator as, as we, as we discussed. Yeah. Um, and trying to uh, assuage certain fears and concerns. And, uh, uh, that didn't, that didn't pan out in that, in that regard. Well, in our brains, fine. you know, it's, it's, it works because our brains are set up. We focus more on negativity. We focus more on what the potential bad results would be. And so, we, yeah. you know, it can make those, those chances more of that others, thing of course, happening yeah. Yeah. Uh, seem larger than they are. And it makes sense, you know, because, like, uh, the risk of falling off a cliff and dying, right? It's like there's no coming back from that, you know? <laughs> you, you know, right. the, a risk of a tiger jumping out of the bushes and eating you. There's, you, don't, you don't get a second chance at that. That being said, I mean, you know, I, I'd say just as, like, a general advice, and I don't, I don't know if this is something you've come around to anybody that's saying, Oh, this is the only answer. You should definitely do it this way. Or anybody that's saying, no, you can't do something without this instead of like providing you with options or providing you with the pros and cons, like ignore or take with that kind of advice with a grain of salt. You know, if people are speaking from a place of like certainty and there being only one option, 
that is like very much a grain of salt. Whether it's people advising you, oh, this is definitely the one camera you need to buy, or you need this kind of gear, this, or you need these this kind of crew, or whatever. Like anybody who's speaking to you with like this is something you need, or don't even do it. Just take that stuff very, very much grain of salt. Yeah, and again, this kind of goes back to like you know my overarching you know, philosophy too, as far as. Uh, We've talked about, I have the, the pet peeve of when people like tell me like, well, this is exactly how it is kind of thing. Or like, there's only one way or whatever. And just me trying to like, you know, let people know what my perspective is and what my experience is. And, uh, you know, if I have some conviction about something or if I'm, if I am very certain about something, I'll communicate it in that way. But I, I certainly try to not, um, bludgeon anyone with my <laughs> opinions or perspective or whatnot, or make them feel like they have to do a certain thing, unless I a hundred percent believe, you know, in my, you know, in my bones that they have to do a certain thing anyway. Yeah. Well, and I think one other thing, especially it's sort of a blurry line where exactly this is, but in filmmaking, there is sort of the industry standards for things. And in a certain sense, those are like, Hey, this is the way it's, it's standard done. So people give you advice from that. And some of those industry standards are useful in indie filmmaking, but some of those industry standards don't apply to indie filmmaking at all. <laughs> right. And it's kind of it, yeah. it's kind of hard to suss out which is which. You know, that again, that line is blurry. But indie filmmaking is not the same thing as like studio filmmaking or commercial filmmaking or right. or you know, these are all different areas and there's a lot of overlap between these areas, but there's also a lot of things that are different. And so um luckily my brain is one that questions everything, you know, and well sometimes that's a disadvantage, but I question everything. If somebody gives me is like, Oh, this is the way to do it, I'll be like, Are you sure that's the way to do it? Let me let me figure it out for myself. So I'm lucky like that, but yeah. but I think a lot of people try and say, "Oh, I work in the industry and this is how it's done." It's like, yes, that's true. It might that that might be how it's done on like a Hollywood set or whatever, but that's not necessarily the best practice for indie filmmaking. Yeah, and again, kind of like that is like one of the things circling just a little bit back to what I was saying. That is one of the things that I do have a conviction about, and that I was a little bit more about the LLC stuff and trying to let my buddy know that you know we don't need an LLC for a certain thing. Uh, for a certain project. Um, and it, it's funny because at first I did try to like do less of like the no, we definitely don't. And more like the well, you know, kind of like trying to soft pedal a little bit because I didn't want to be overbearing or feel like I was steamrolling or anything like that. Um, anyway, and then, yeah, it's 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 fine because we you know, if someone's convinced that they need a certain thing. Ultimately, like, you know, no matter what my experience is or whatnot, uh, I might not be able to talk them out of it. But that was one that I wound up having more. Uh, anyway, you get it. Yes. Uh, conviction about, as we've already discussed. Um, but hey, we each have to make our choices. Well, cool, man. I'm glad that I'm really excited for when 12 months is finally out there and you've got that off your plate. And then, yeah, I'm pumped to, hear, to learn more about this new project of yours. And um, yeah, to hear about the shoot and, and just to track its progress and all that. So good times. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the space to talk about it, bud. Yeah, man. So what's going on with you? What's what's uh, I know that was that turned into a, a longer bit of conversation, but what are you trying to do for the rest of the year? That's why this this subject is a good launch pad. And I honestly don't have too much to go into right now with all that, because I mean, for the most part, what, it's November 21st. I mean, obviously, I've got for me right now, I'm, it's much more 
everything going, you know, obviously like, you know, with my kids and like the holidays and Lyle's birthday is coming up, uh, in three weeks and, um, all that. So that's kind of like where my head is right now more. So, and then, I mean, obviously with everything, like, you know, works, but like works has continued to be really busy, which is great. And then I'm trying to like, you know, catch up more like on what, you know, making the point of recording today with you. And I just published the new one right before we hopped on and, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I'm basically, so project wise, I'm trying to, oh yeah, if you get a chance or I'll send you a reminder too, if, if needed, but, um, any audio recommendations, any post audio recommendations, cause I am trying to hmm. get that squared away yes. before the end of the year. Forgot to send you um, those. All good. Um, that's one, as far as the creative, the projects goes, like that's one of them. Uh, that's actually a big one is trying to get someone on board for that and getting that in motion. Um, I would also want to try, um, like little, like basically trying to wrap up as much as possible with post on that. I know we won't be able to wrap up audio before the end of the year, but at least have it like handed off to the person who's going to do it and have that going. And then for me trying to do the color grading myself, at least initially, and then um, typing up the credits and all that. And then, um, yeah, buddy of mine right now is working on a song for the ending credits. So, yeah, trying to close out as much of that with Baby Come Home as much as possible. Um, and just having like a clear, and then Matt and I were talking to you about having like, you know, trying to lay out like our plan, like heading into to the next year. So kind of like trying to, by the end of this year, wrapping up, like having our plan laid out for like the mile, like what we're trying to accomplish next year with baby come home and then, um, the milestones, the deadlines, what have you. And then also breaker breaker. Cause you know, it's been, it's tra- like, man, it's yeah, it's, we, you know, it's all moving at the rate that it needs to move at. And, um, but we're both just so busy with everything else, which is wonderful. Um, that it's, I know baby, I know breaker breaker is going to happen. Um, but again, it's just, you know, chipping away is the name of the game. And like the more that he and I can be in sync and on the same page with what our expectations are and what we're striving for, as far as every little goal goes, you know, along the way leading to that production, then the more, you know, no matter how busy we are, the more that we'll just be able to keep moving the ball forward. So that's what baby come home. And that's what breaker breaker, just basically trying to form a solid plan for next year. Um, and then I'm trying to end of this year slash January as you know, get that rewrite done of my newer script. Yes. I think the shows I'm working on right now, I think in about like not so like after Thanksgiving, it'll be like three more weeks on that show for now. I think then there'll be like a brief hiatus. Uh, before it kicks off again next year. So trying to get that script rewritten in that time. And then I'm also, you know, early on tilling the soil with um, a new script idea that then I wanted to co-direct with my buddy Brad, most likely in Memphis. So, yeah, so let me just break it down real fast. Yeah, again, baby, come home. We'll know where we're at. Just trying to get the audio going. I just texted two people asking, asking if they still do. So hopefully I'll have some recommendations for you. Thank you. So I'd say that's definitely key. And then um, forming some sort of plan for Breaker Breaker and, and Baby Come Home for next year with, with, with Matt and getting the next draft done of, uh, of the new script. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and yeah, as much as I can get done brainstorming on and like moving the ball forward more with uh, the one I want to direct with Brad. Because now it's a question too of whether like, all things considered, whether Brad and I are going to wind up making that one. If I'm going to wait, wind up making that one next with Brad, the thriller, 
or if I'm going to wind up staging a Breaker Breaker next. Because it's just kind of a question of which one. I mean, most likely it'll be Breaker Breaker because that's I've been working on that one for so long. Yeah. But we get with our with our schedules. I mean, Brad's really bit we're all really busy, obviously. So um yeah, it's just kind of like which one will make more sense to get off the ground first. I mean, they're both gonna happen. That's all I know for sure. And that's obviously important. Well, that's the nice um, thing about being an indie filmmaker. It's really just put it on your back, right? Like if you come up with yeah. an idea at a certain level, yep. it's just like Okay, I can walk, sure. this block, walk this thing forward no matter what. And that's something that was exciting for me about Ever mm-hmm. After Now. It was like, okay, this is a sci-fi idea, but this is a sci-fi idea that I can make at almost any budget level. Totally. Like, obviously, it's going to be different at different budget levels, but but yeah. if I can't raise a single cent of funding, I can still figure out a way to make this fucking film when I want to. Totally, yeah. It's exciting. So, I'm, I'm, I'm rap- closing out the year with, you know... A lot of wind in my sails, as it were. Um, I know. We're, I know this is not our in our wrap up episode yet, so I won't try. I'll try not to reflect uh, too much. We got much time. About we got time. That, what um, I was I was curious for you. It's been a while since you were in production as a director. Yeah. Are Outside you, of the that infomercial, yes. <laughs> is that it, itching at you? Are you feeling that tickle at the back of your head? Are you feeling pretty zen about that still? It's not really on your mind, or. Where are you? I, honestly, that? I wouldn't say it's like itching at me. It's if itching means it's kind of like it's not bothering me at all. I am excited when I think about it. Like I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, like um, I don't feel I'm excited, but I'm not like anxious about it. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Like it'll be cool when it happens, but like no, man, I'm good. Like I'm really just happy with everything's going right now and i know that like that time will come to direct the next thing the next thing so on and so forth and that'll be great when it comes like and i'm as far as all that goes like i'm you know, once again like tilling the soil like leading up to all that um i mean i've certainly you know been writing as much as possible like you know just again like trying to get baby come home wrapped up and get that out there and kind of clearing the way and paving the path for those next uh, directorial efforts so yeah I think I'm pretty zen about it. I think I'm just looking forward to it when it happens. I know when it does happen, it'll be great. I'll make the most of it. And, um, yeah. Which is understandable. I mean, you've gone through this mass. It's not like you don't have a lot going on. You've gone through this massive life change yes family wise which is it is definitely not like i don't have a lot going yeah on. which is very consuming and very fulfilling for you and so that's all good i'm not i'm not yeah. at all asking that question thinking you should i was just more I know. curious if it, if it oh, was no, i know and we've talked about this too as far as like yeah you know you know where my head's at you know what my priorities are you know what what my where my heart is like um so yeah man I think you've asked me that in some variation before, too. And that, that's the case. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm excited, but I'm not anxious. Like, it'll be cool when it happens. That's probably the, the most accurate way to put it. And because um, I still like, you know, whenever I think about the stories I'm working on, I still feel that like, you know, I mean, I have that storyteller part of me going like every day in some capacity, you know, whenever I do think about the projects that I'm working on. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that pull to do it. And like, what's. I guess the way I look at it is like, oh, cool. Like that'll, you know, when that happens, that'll be great. That's something that I love to do. And I want my kids to like, you know, um, you know, um, I just think it's, I was talking to another, you know, uh, creative dad, uh, this morning about all that too. Like it's important to like, 
when you're a storyteller to stay true to that part of yourself and like just make it happen no matter how long like how long it takes or like there's always great stuff where you, like your kids are going to pick up on all of that as long as they they know that they come first and like they are what matters most then what they see you doing the rest of your time and whatnot and if you're engaged and passionate and excited like that's positive so yeah man all good things now i do have to hop off in a couple minutes so i would like to now just dive right into if this works for you um, so I think we, that was a good discussion. I feel yeah. good about all about all Thank, that. I'm excited for, for the next. Let me know what's time. going on with you. Yeah, man. So let's uh, let's get into uh, the old indie film recommendation of the week. Indie film recommendation of the week. Week 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 week. Reverb. I would like. <laughs> oh, you're still going. Sorry, I'll let you. I'll let you wrap up. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. A little more reverb. Yeah. Uh, I like to shout out uh, this week um, from a filmmaker who I've, I've talked about a little bit before. I know uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Glenn Payne, directed a movie called Driven, which is a really fun. It's like a comedy horror thriller hybrid. Good times. Uh, it was directed by Glenn, produced by him. And then um, Casey Dillard, who's also one of the leads, she wrote it. And the other lead of the film is Richard Spate Jr., who I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but a lot of people know him from Supernatural, Band of Brothers. Uh, he's worked a lot for a long time. And I had the pleasure of working with him on Bad Bad Men. He was uh, the bookie in Bad Bad Men in the, uh, the climax of the film, uh, as it were. And Richard's awesome. So, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Like, I love the way that they, that Glenn and Casey strike that balance of, like, you know, Again, like I love like the genre elements and the way they explore uh, feelings and and relationships and whatnot through that prism, and just I love a good tonal balance too of the comedy, the horror, the thriller, all that, and the uh, the supernatural element that they bring into that film. It's just really entertaining. It's a really good time, and um, yeah, it's just a blast. So I definitely recommend Driven to you folks out there, and you can check it out on a wide variety. Of platforms, including uh, Tubi, Vudu, and Amazon Prime. You can stream it there. It's also available to rent or purchase on YouTube, Google Play, and Apple TV. So, yeah, give that one a gander. And, uh, yeah, folks, if you have a film, whether it's one of your own or a friend's or what have you, if it's a film you'd like for us to check out and potentially discuss here, then please reach out and let us know. Yeah, and I'm going to go check that one out. It's, uh, it's on Tubi, so I got, I got no time, reason man. not to, man. Thank you, yeah. thank you for that Sweet. that recommendation. We'll make sure to shout it out to those filmmakers when we release the episode. Yes, that about wraps up this episode. Uh, remember, guys, you can contact us about anything, questions, comments, recommendations for other indie films at wearestorylife at gmail dot com. Um, you can also check us out on our website wearestorylife dot com. Uh, also, reach out to us there to find out about our consulting and coaching services. We would love to support our fellow artists and, you know, free 30-minute consultation. So if you want to just chat with us, get to know us a bit more, or, you know, talk about what's going on with you, hit us up for one of them consultations. Also, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. 
and on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. If you want to check out some of my recent films, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And some of my other movies are available on several platforms, including Save Yourself and Act One on Tubi. And we got Lucky and Bad Bad Man on Amazon. And Being Awesome is now available on Tubi, Vudu, and the Roku channel. So give that one a gander on any of those fine platforms. I think I said gander twice now in, uh, in this <laughs> outro. Look at me go. God, gandering up with the old gander gardener. Is what they're going to start calling Goose me the this. gander. Uh, <laughs> and I, I enjoy all those movies. That's why me, me and Alan are friends. That's why we're doing these podcasts together. So uh, oh, please buddy. check out and support Alan's movies because if Thank he... You. If I did not respect him as a filmmaker, I don't think we could be doing this this pod. I'd be honest with you. Um, so you I, said you would hate. You said you would hate me, which is, I thought was weird. You were like, if I didn't like your movies, I would like despise you as no, a person, no, no, no. and I would. Uh, I'm just kidding. You would never. Also, thank you to our editor, who we finally met in person for the first time. Yes. I got to like. Mike was I theoretical, and now oh. he's a real human, and with a, with a voice and a face, all yes. of which were lovely and beautiful. We're talking mm. about, of course, Mister Mike Menes. Thanks, Mike, for all your work and support on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, also, thank you to all of our friends and families who don't really re- measure up to Mike, but we love you guys too. Wow, <laughs> all you sub Mike folks out there. Uh, yes, we, we appreciate all of your. All of your all of your love and support. We really do. Um, folks, we have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. Gander Gardner. With Story Life. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Bye. Wow. Folks, I just want to uh, affirm Clinton would have gotten there on his own. You know, I let's face it. My role on this <laughs> this is going to be cut. on this podcast this be, now. It's cut. borderline <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty much obsolete at this point. Just let Clinton cook is what I, is what you know is what I'm was what I'm. You thinking. broke from the script, back. man. You broke from the script. Well, now no, now you did because now I've got the the. Oh, I didn't even see that right in the there. script. I didn't even see? read that far ahead. Oh, I see. <laughs> Look at that. Talk about, you know, happening live on oh air. Oh, my God. We're, we're working it out. Uh, yeah, we are. Oh, working that's out funny. Yeah, is, yeah, is... because usually we do we do the uh, mm-hmm. the topic yes. discussion, and then that. That's why I got confused. Okay. It's that okay. sounds good. I know. This This is why, Clinton, this is why all, all of your fears from minutes prior are, are fully justified. I mean, this is already a disaster. Mike no. is already looking for the nearest exit. Uh, abandoning ship as we speak. Um, on the, on that note.